0: What is up, everybody? It is Monday, which can only mean photo assignments. And in this video, I wanna give you photo assignment number six, which is going to deal with photo sequences. Now, I wanna talk about photo sequences and what they are. It should be fairly obvious, but a photo sequence is a group of photographs that work together. So they're not designed to stand alone individually. They are designed as a sequence to be displayed together. And this is the important part about all this, and I wanna explain that in this video. They end up equaling a whole that is greater than the sum of its parts. And so when this is done, really well, it ends up giving you a concept or an illustration or a picture that maybe doesn't exist, it's suggesting that. And so I know that sounds a little far out and a little conceptual, so let's break this down and talk about some very well-known photo sequences. One of the first photo sequence photographers that I can think of, and most of you are probably familiar with, is Edward Muybridge, who was an English photographer who spent a great deal of his career in the United States. During his career, he was very famous for these landscapes that he shot at Yosemite, but now, today, we know him for these motion studies that he did. Now, Muybridge's work, you have to understand, predates motion picture. Motion picture didn't come along until the 1890s-ish, and Muybridge was doing these in the 1870s, and he had these very very complex systems of stringing up multiple cameras that the shutters would be tripped in sequence. And he ended up with a series of images that were essentially motion studies of adamant objects. So he would study motion of humans, of dogs, of birds, of horses, the list goes on and on. He did a ton of these. And yes, they were designed to be played back similar to a motion picture, but they work as sequences, and this is really important. And the other important thing to consider is to look at these not through our own eyes in the modern day, but to consider how people interpreted these images in the 1870s. Now, this is before motion pictures, so this is something people were not used to seeing. Photographs were these things that generally long exposures shot on collodion wet plate, And they took a long time to do, and people weren't used to seeing them lined up like this. And more importantly, they weren't used to seeing motion interpreted this way. And so what he's showing us are ideas that, you know, people would talk about like when a horse runs, do all four legs come off the ground, things like that. He's showing us motion in animals. Now this is something that existed in the 1800s, but if we bump up to the modern day, sort of, at least the mid 20th century, in the 1960s, New York was kind of the center for most things in art world including photography and I think arguably two of the big kings at that point in New York were Richard Avedon and Irving Penn who worked for the fashion magazines. They had feet in both the commercial world and the art world but a new generation by the 1960s came along of conceptual artists. One of the photographers in this group who I think is very underrated is a gentleman by the name of Dwayne Michaels and Dwayne is a fantastic photographer. He's still alive today. He's in his 80s and he has done some extraordinary Extremely interesting, always very conceptual work, and his work, even though technically he's a brilliant photographer, it's more about the thinking and the concept behind. You'll see techniques that he uses, like double exposure, for instance, or even slow shutter speeds, allowing certain things to abstract in the image. But Duane is always very conceptual with his work and, and oftentimes he incorporates his own handwriting into things. There are uh, themes that come up quite a bit like mortality, uh, spirits, afterlife. There are a lot of psychological undertones to his work. One of the things that he was really well known for, which culminated in a book in 1970, and he still produces these as far as I know, are image sequences. Now, unlike Moybridge, you have image sequences with Dwayne Michaels that are more storyboarding. They tell you a story. It's a sequence of images that unfold an event. Usually it's very simple, but in the case of something like this image, which is, or this image sequence, which is very well known, this is called Heisenberg's Mirror of uncertainty. What we see here are a series of images that or portray a woman looking into a mirror. Undertones of surrealism, perhaps duality, and maybe even a psychological undertone, but this is one of his well known image sequences. Another one that tells a story more in a timeline type setting is this one that's basically a self portrait of Duane who is sitting on the right having lunch with a friend, and you see this progress. Between laughter and boredom, finally the one guy falls asleep on the table at the end and then they leave. But it's a very simple concept that has a beginning, middle, end, and is very traditional in terms of storytelling. Now, when you create image sequences that are going to be more storyboard type like this, there's two things that you want to consider. And I think the first one is going to be the relationships of the images to one another. For example, do they have to be in a particular order or could they be taken in a different order? And so I think in the case of the woman with the mirror, they're not necessarily dependent on the order because it's not a time-based story like that. Um, There's another one that's a really great example, which is a portrait that he did of Andy Warhol. Now, this is a series of four images of different angles of Andy Warhol's head, and this works, one, because most of us know who Andy Warhol is and we know what he looks like, and two, you're seeing the parts here equal something greater than the sum. So they are basically, essentially, giving you an image that doesn't exist. If you took any one of these on their own, you may or may not realize it's Andy Warhol, but put together, they work. And I think that's the important takeaway. So one, you have the relationships of images to one another. The second thing that's really important is how time is considered in the image sequence. So there's two ways you can go with this, either time exists or time doesn't exist. And I know that's fairly obvious, but they're treated very differently. So for instance, this is one of his well-known image sequences entitled Chance Meeting. It's very simple. And if you read this right to left in rows from top to bottom, basically you see these two gentlemen walking down an alley and there's a point in the middle where they are together. One is looking at the other and something is obviously there, they walk away, and in the last frame, the first guy looks back who we didn't know, that's what creates that circle of the encounter. And so what's being communicated in this set is what was the point of that encounter, and definite, again, psychological undertone that's going on here, but that's left up to the viewer to decide, and I think that's what makes this work. It's a very simple setting where you see two guys walking down an alley towards one another, they look at each other, one looks at the other and they cross but there's something greater than the sum of that that exists and I think that's the point of that image sequence and why it works. Now that is one where time exists so it ends up being a storyboard type format and I'm going to give you another one here. This is another uh, well-known set of his called Things Are Queer and in this one it is not about a time-based medium. It's more surrealistic and you're going to see kind of a relationship circle around in here. So in the first image on the top left for instance we see a scene of a bathroom. Now I do want to note that there's a picture above the sink in the bathroom. Second, sequence, we realize there are these legs that are, in, that are out of scale, out of proportion. We realize in the third image that it is a miniature bathroom. By the fourth image, we realize this is a picture and it's in a book. By the fifth image, we see it's somebody reading the book and then we move down the hall and then we realize that that is indeed a picture hanging on a wall oh, it's the picture hanging on the wall above the sink, and then finally the last image gives us the scene again reestablished. So you're gonna notice that the first image and the last image are the same image, but that's what ties it together. Now, this one is not suggesting time. There's no time passing. There's no traditional beginning, middle, end in in the traditional sense, but what we are seeing is this surrealistic interpretation of what is the scene, and and it's all inside of itself. So this is obviously a more complex image sequence, but it is not time-based, it is scene-based. And so you'll notice that in the time-based sequences that Dwayne Michaels puts together, you're going to see pretty much the set, if you're talking in movie terms. The set does not change. It, It deals with how the actors within that set move through the scene, and that's how you're given that perception of time. But in this last example, that doesn't exist the set changes because it's two sets that live within inside of one another and that's what creates that surrealistic quality and that loop and so there's a lot of different ways you could go with this and i want to talk a little bit about how we're going to do this photo assignment first of all i'm going to allow more time than usual because this is a lot of work it's going to require that you think about this a great deal before you begin before you even pick up the camera and how are you going to plan this out and how is it going to work typically um, image sequences i think the moya bridge is definite different example but in Dwayne michael's case they're usually between four and nine images that work together, so it's usually no less than four, no more than nine, and they generally, because of the way the layout works, they work well with non-prime numbers, so four, six, eight, and nine. So you could do whatever you want. If you choose to do more, do as, as few as you need, but as many as you need to get it done. Does that make sense? Um, two is kind of hard to deal with, so probably three or four is gonna be the minimum on that. So I will give you more time than required. What I'm probably thinking here now is two weeks, maybe three. Let's see how the submissions are coming along let's see where people are on this and if we need a full month maybe we could do that so I don't want people to freak out over the time and I want to encourage people to participate in this I think this is a really important one because essentially this is an instance where photography is storytelling and I think this is really important to understand and do. Another thing I would consider doing on this is we talked in the very first assignment about the whole notion of theme and variations. This is something that might be important to do more than one on because this is a very specific skill and technique that's involved here and it may require a couple tries to get something that's really of great quality and so I want you to push yourselves on that some too. So those are just a couple um, suggestions on the timeline. Now, here's how I want you to turn these in when you submit them on social media. I want you to assemble them like what we've been looking at as a set and put those in, in one big image and put those in. I do not want you to give them to me image by image because I won't deal with it. Uh, it's way too much work for me to piece that together and try and figure out what you're gonna do and it, the idea is not for me to do your work, it's for you to do your work, so just give me one image with the entire set in the end. And if you're new to photo assignments and you have no idea what we're talking about at all, these are these things that we're doing, their bi biweekly photo challenges. And they're designed to increase our capacity of creative thinking and get better as photographers. So that's what we're doing. If you're new to photo assignments, I will link up to the whole playlist. Start with the first video. It tells you everything you need to know. I'll put that in the show description or up here or wherever you're watching this. And so that's where we are and that's what we're gonna do. If you have any questions about this or any suggestions, please leave me a comment and let me know. And if you've enjoyed this video, please remember to like it, share it. And as always, subscribe to The Art of Photography for more videos. And I will give more information on this as we unfold because we're gonna take a little while longer to do this one. So I'll do some more stuff on this um, in the coming weeks. And so we do photo summits every Monday. So uh, get out there, think about what you're going to do, pick up your camera and do some good until the next video. I'll see you guys then later.